Hello and welcome. It is Your Money. I'm Susie Jones. And for the next hour, we are going to talk about your money. At any time, though, if you have a financial question for uh, our guest today, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can call Wealth Enhancement at one eight 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 six advice You can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But again, for the next hour, we are here, and you can text or call at any time in this hour, uh, 651-461-9226. Here now is the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and financial advisor, Bruce Elmer, and senior president and financial advisor, Peg Webb. Hello to both of you. Good morning, everybody. Hi, Peg. Hi, Susie. And Peg, you actually reminded me I had forgotten. It's Father's Day today, so happy, happy Father's, Father's Day, Day to all the dads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, happy I, Father's Day. <laughs> I expect my kids Tell will me. text or call me later, but um, when you said Happy Father's Day, you were the first person to wish me Happy Father's Day, so thank you. Oh, Yeah, give me a little story, Bruce, of being a dad. The story of being a dad. Well, yeah. I, I'll I'll relate it to I'll relate it to money. Actually, well, I didn't know you were going to do this, but um, I've talked occasionally on the show about uh, the parenting philosophy of of using an allowance as a tool to teach kids about money. And then at a very early age, I had my kids conduct their own transactions. So if we went to a movie as a family and they wanted to go to the concession stand. I gave them the money, but they had to, you know, cal- calculate uh, what their cost was and how much change they were going to get, and say please and thank you, and and be big people and look the concession person in the eye and so forth. So uh, there's there's been times I won't I won't drag this out too long that that philosophy um, I got affirmation that it was a good idea. I you know whether it was my son trying to do a cost-benefit analysis to determine whether or not he should use his allowance to buy a game or whatever it was. I, I, think, it was, I think it was really a good idea, and I certainly uh, am not a perfect parent. I did a lot of things wrong, but I think that's one thing I did right. I love that story. I love that story. So um, I think with, <clears throat> with dads, they have a special role, and that is um, just that I think sons and daughters just look up to dads differently. And, and, you know, with my kids, I just feel like my husband played just a completely different role than I did. But the combination of us two um, worked out really well, you know, so, uh, so happy Father's Day. Well, thank you so much. And I see what you did there. And I did not know you were going to do this, but <laughs> now that segues naturally right into our topic. Our topic today, listeners and Susie, is we're calling it Failure to Launch, Financially Supporting Adult Children. And the the phenomenon that's going on today, and we'll give you some stats, but you know, I know not everybody's interested in a lot of statistical stuff over the radio, especially when there's no visual aids, but, but there's all kinds of statistical evidence, Peg and Susie, that adult children are not launching today. They're still at home. They either never leave or they leave and they come back, and they're just unable to launch. And, and we'll talk about some of the you know, logical reasons why this is happening. It, 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 uh, pandemic might be part of it, but there's some other, other factors. But what, what, what I want to do today, you guys, 
is hear what the listeners think. I mean, I, I, there's got to be people listening that have experienced this firsthand. So if you're someone that has an adult child living at home with you and you're not sure how you feel about that, or you've kicked an adult child out, or you're an adult child listening today and you're living at home and you're frustrated because you want to be independent, just anyone that's experienced this in any way, positively or negatively, if you want to call into the show today, 651-461-9226, 651-461-9226, we might put you on the air and hear your story. Uh, but, but Peg, this is... This is prevalent. This is this is a big deal. We're talking about this because it's happening and it's a big deal. And one of the reasons why it's a big deal, if I'm mom and dad, or we're, you and I are mom and dad, and we've got our adult children living at home, they're sucking resources. We're spending money on them that we might otherwise be putting away for our own retirement. So it's not only impacting the, the, the generation of kids, it's impacting the older generation because maybe they're, they are not now saving and investing the way that they need to to be able to retire when they want with the lifestyle they want. And we, we, this isn't part of the outline today, Peg, but you can even throw in, there's a lot of people out there that are experiencing this failure to launch, and they're also financially assisting the, their older generation, their parents, they might have some financial responsibility for, and they're stuck in the middle of the so-called sandwich generation. So anybody listening today that wants to chime in on this that has some personal experience, 651-461-9226. Peg, what, what, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, <clears throat> you were spot on, Bruce, in that in conversations with our own clients, um, you, we're, we're almost kind of like psychologists or a therapy therapists because we hear everything, right? We're just like, God, I, I can't stand that this person, this is my kid, right? Who doesn't love their kids and want to see them be successful? And, and there's just sometimes that you as a parent are not qualified, you know, to, um, to, to get the kid to launch. And, and you do reach out for help. And Bruce, sometimes it's us. They talk to us about it, which is perfectly fine because you hit it spot on. Whereas we're doing these financial forecasts and, and getting them prepared to retire or to not run out of money before you run out of time. And we see their resources going to helping these kids. And it's not, with a small amount of money. I mean, it could be a thousand dollars a month. It could be two thousand dollars a month, month supporting these kids. So, so the question really is, <clears throat> you know, it's it's a complicated family dynamic, but you know, psychologically, um, you know, how do you get them to be independent? How do you cut the cord? Because you know, I don't have personal experience with this, but I mean. There is just unconditional love with your kid. I mean, I'm actually kind of having goosebumps right now because you, you just you want to just help them. And sometimes you can't be strict enough to actually help them launch. So, you know, so what's behind all this? Well, Bruce, you mentioned it. The economy, you know, and COVID and and this is a big one. Student debt. So we all as parents encouraged us and, and things go in in um, waves, right? So 
for our generation, Bruce, you know, I, I have to tell you, one of my just proudest moments is when your kids go to college and, you know, they do well and, and they become an adult, you know, in the school systems, but they take on a lot of school debt. And I think our generation um, almost encouraged kids to go and maybe even more so the generation after us encourage kids to go to school and maybe there wasn't any affordability. So there's just ton of student debt out there. And I feel, I feel this. I mean, these clients are asking us, how do I help them pay off 40,000, $65,000, you know, and, and I think these kids think that they have to get this big fancy job in a really short amount of order because they don't want this debt. So, um, you know, and then most recently, once again, I, I believe because of COVID, you know, there's a lot of kind of mental illness attributed, attributed to this, this social isolation, you know, these couple years, these lost years. So, Bruce, those are just kind of some of the reasons that we've got kids out there that are failing to launch. Yeah, and and I think you hit the nail on the head, Peg. Uh, the the and we've done other shows on this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. But the cost of education and the student loan debt is just absolutely crippling young people. When you, when you look at what their uh, monthly payment uh, has to be if they have this loan, and you think of all the other things that you know in life, your your rent, your car payment, your 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 just your your clothes, your cost of living, and you throw that big student loan on there, and it's not surprising to me that a lot of kids are going to need some financial help. I think that's the biggest reason, but I think you're right. There's other reasons, including you know the fallout from COVID. Um, and again, I, you know, maybe before the end of the show, or, or hopefully before the end of the show, we'll talk about maybe some things that you can do to prevent yourself from getting in that situation, or if you are in that situation, what can you do about it? But when I, when my clients ask me, my first advice is, what is your kid's attitude? And what I mean by that is, if the kid's sleeping till noon, then sitting in the basement all day playing video games, I mean, yes, I. We love our children unconditionally, but for their own good, you probably got to show some tough love and show them the door or, or make them pay rent or something. But if they're trying, if they're, if they're looking for work and, and they, and, and they, or they have a job, but it just doesn't pay them enough to make ends meet, but they're trying and they want to be independent and they just can't make it, how do you, how do you say no to helping your kid? I couldn't do it. And I, and I, I actually talked about this once on the show a long time ago, my closest example that I can give, because my kids actually, thank God, are, are, are doing well, and, they're, and they are launched, and, and, they, and they wanted to be independent. My kids didn't want to have to take help from me as adults, which I'm, I'm grateful that they have that, um, that attitude. But the, I remember one time my daughter had not been out of college very long, and she was self-sufficient, making it on her own. She was living in Chicago at the time, and she didn't think she needed a car because everything around her she thought was in walking distance. Well, that was in you know late summer, early fall. When winter hit, she started to feel the wind off of Lake Michigan on these walks. She said, Daddy, I think I need a car. my car here. Her car had been in storage. And I said, well, fine, let's get your car out there. No problem. She said, um, parking is $625 a month. So 
I helped her with parking so she could have her car there. She 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 was making it. She was trying to make it on her own. She was trying to be independent, but she couldn't quite add that new expense of uh, paying for garage space for her car and still make it on her own. So I helped her out, and I and I and I felt that was the right thing to do because she's trying to make it on their own. So Peg, when clients ask me, that's kind of my first question: is what is your kid's attitude? Do they have a job? Are they looking for a job? Um, do they do they just expect you to help? So Susie tells me that uh, someone called in and wants to chime in on the subject. Yeah, we have a call from Michael, and he is calling from Stillwater, who wants to jump in on this topic of how to help your kids but not hurt them by giving them too much so that they can't launch. All right, Michael, go ahead and join the conversation. You're live on the air. Good morning, I. Uh, personal experience, I think, for myself, uh, my father uh, went along the route with the tough love probably when I was graduating high school and handed me the portion of our, my uh, automobile premium I'd be responsible for. I'd never seen a, a bill in my life at that point, so I think that was a subtle hint to say, we're going to be uh, cutting you loose here, and off you go to college. So I agree with the, um, I think it was Bruce said that, what's their what's their attitude? And I never had to move back home after college, but, and, you know, not judging all circumstances are different, but, you know, if the kids has a little debt or a lot of debt and is at home and is not trying or contributing with rent, that's uh, I think that's mostly on the parent. And they have to keep teaching with showing some financial responsibility and accountability to also the child's not going to learn. They're not going to learn financial responsibility if they think everything is just going to be written off like the loan forgiveness. I don't agree with that. So I'll stop and listen. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate the call. Bruce, Peg. Peg, well, yeah, what do you think? My, I think what, oh, go ahead, Peg. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, um, you know, part of the rest of our show is what's what are some of these reasons that these young adults fail to launch? And this might tie into what Michael was saying. And and I feel like for us, Bruce, you know, it I couldn't wait to get out of the house at 18. I mean, I was just ready to go. Right. And I feel like the times have changed a little bit in you know, now you've got this kind of pathological perfectionism. And I mean, as a parent, Bruce, and I'm going to admit this on the radio, I wanted my kids to think that they could do anything, that they could they could be the president of the United States if they wanted to. And, you know, we told them over and over, and, and this is a true story, Bruce, my girls, I actually made them and, and I think they, they were willing, although I was a mother, right? I was telling them what to do, that when they got up in the morning, they had to jump on their bed, clap their hands and say, yes, I can do it. I mean, I was just so wanting them to feel like they could do anything. Well, that doesn't work for all kids, right? It, it, they might have this confidence on the outside, but really feeling more insecure on the inside and I like what Michael said is, you know, there's there's different kinds of people, like what kind of attitude do they have? We can't offer every kid the same solution. So some of the tips, you know, that that 
we tell our clients today is, you know, while it's great to, to have these big dreams, um, remind your child that achieving perfection isn't really a life requirement, nor is it becoming like Elon Musk. I mean, look at that guy. I mean, it's like, oh, my God. And, and you think that is a meaningful life and that's the only life. So, you know, we put a lot of pressure on these kids. Um, and so as parents, I think we just have to be open. Bruce? Yeah, and I, I want to jump on something Michael said um, that you, you, it's a, it's an ongoing process. Teaching or educating kids doesn't stop when they're 18 years old and they graduate from high school. I still have conversations with my 29-year-old daughter and 26-year-old son. Now, because of, of what I do for a living, they might come to me with financial questions, but they come to me with other life issues as well. You know, they, 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 they're past the age where dad is stupid and doesn't know anything, and they're back to the age where they trust my judgment on some, on some things, uh, probably anything except technology. I go to them for help with technology. Um, so... It, it, teaching is an ongoing process, and I was going to say, uh, to Michael's point, I think actions speak louder than wor words. You demonstrate mm -hmm. to your kids by your own behaviors. So, Peg, there, our outline has tons and tons of data, you know, basically proving out what we're saying, that this failure to launch thing or adult children staying home is a reality. And I don't think we need to go into all those stats, but I think for listeners – Maybe what we should do is talk a little bit about, number one, is there any way to avoid this? Like we could talk again about ways of avoid, avoiding big student loan debt maybe. But number two, if you're already in this situation, maybe what are some things that, you know, that we can, tips that we can give to help people get their kids launched and get back out of this situation? Yeah, and I think, Bruce, um, you know, we are both parents, and so setting expectations early on in their life, like through high school and college, you know, what what is the plan? And maybe you already talk about, you know, don't, I mean, I've heard clients say, don't think you're moving back home. I mean, you, you have to see how they do out there on their own, and then you can't make it too comfortable for these kids. I mean, otherwise... Why would they do anything? And then, you know, maybe you, you start asking them and encouraging them to start paying for part of it. And, and, and you know, if they don't understand that, then, then they need some education around money, right? What does it actually take to live? How, what kind of a job do you need? How can you um, support yourself? And I like what you said, Bruce. You had to, you had to help to a degree, and it's having these open conversations that are very helpful. And then, I mean, I'm all about goals and deadlines, and, but not every kid is. So you as a parent know your kid. Um, and then I would say if you don't feel like they're still, like Bruce said, thinking, you know, that you're not stupid anymore, maybe you have to get help outside of your family unit to uh, get them to talk to someone. Bruce? Yeah, and um, uh, I'm just trying to think what else I want to talk about. I know we're coming up uh, to a break here shortly. Um, so, again, if you if you joined us late, we're talking about failure to launch. We're talking about the phenomenon today of kids either not leaving the nest or leaving the nest and having to go back. 
and some of the economic realities they're facing as to why this is happening, and maybe give some insights on, uh, on if it does happen, how you can solve this problem and, and how you can get out of it. I'll, I'll share another quick story, and then, uh, Susie, I know we're, we're coming up on, on a break. My son, my, my younger child, when he graduated, he, um, he, he stayed at home for a while, and didn't have a job immediately, and frankly wasn't looking real hard right away. And his mom was getting kind of frustrated and upset with him because, again, we have the type of personality that we'd have been looking for a job way before we ever graduated. But that wasn't the the that wasn't the the way. That's not instinctively doesn't come natural for my son. But I said, you know what? He wants to be independent. This is temporary. He had a tough five years of school. Let him catch his breath, and, and he'll be fine. And sure enough, after a few months you know, living back at home, he got sick of it, and he got a job and got out the door. But he had to do it kind of on his time. All right. I know, Susie, we're ready for a break. All right. Very good. And reminding you, you can call the next hour here at 651-461-9226. After the show, though, remember, write this number down, one eight 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 six advice or yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com if you have more questions, specific questions for Bruce and the folks at Wealth Enhancement. We're back after this. Welcome back. You are listening to Your Money and reminding you once again, you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, one eight 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 six advice or you can email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com though for the next 25 minutes you can text or call 651-461-9226 again 651-461-9226 now once again the founder of wealth enhancement group and financial advisor bruce helmer and senior vice president and financial advisor peg webb welcome back to both of you and I wanted to tell you that you have texts from folks saying, great show, Bruce and Peg. We are advocates for a required high school class that teaches life skill. Things like how you pay taxes, what is your insurance, how do I get a credit card, and how does it work. Uh, not sure how to get that as a standard in our educational system. I think that's true, isn't it, that we could use some help earlier in life that's part of a curriculum. What a yeah. great point. Thank you for sharing yeah. that, Susie, in the texture. So, you know what? I would have never even thought of this. So, I'm going to, I'm, uh, Susie, I know you got a story, Peg. I know we want to go back and cover um, a question that came in late last week that we kind of ran out of time to give full attention to. We'll do that, uh, I promise. And uh, uh, listeners that maybe haven't been with us since the beginning, we're talking about failure to launch and the phenomenon today of the, the, of the high percentage of kids that either don't leave the nest or they leave and they have to come back or they need you know, assistance from, from mom and dad and what, what we can do about it because uh, it is a real and growing issue. And, and it's important because it's impacting um, mom and dad. They're, they have less money to save, and it's going to impact when they retire and what kind of lifestyle they have during their retirement. So that what, what, what the texter reminded me of, uh, Susie and Peg, before I became a financial advisor, my, my college degree was in education, and I was a teacher for a short period of time. And I actually taught a class that, that was exactly what the texter said. It was how to, 
how to get car insurance, how to fill out a, a, a 1040, a tax return. It was, it was real-life stuff that you're going to encounter if you're not going to have any post-high school education and you're going to be going into the real world. Where else do you get that kind of information? So I actually helped create a curriculum and taught a class that did that and on this show, we frequently talked about how the schools are not doing enough financial education, and Wealth Enhancement Group over the years has been very involved with an organization that tries to bring that financial education out to the, uh, the classrooms. It's called Best Prep. And Peg, I, I don't know if you want to chime in about Best Prep or... Well, yeah, <clears throat> Best Prep, um, they just help educate children for, to, to a further degree and, you know, make them almost qualified to get out in the world. The, 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 when I was listening to this text that Susie was reading, I mean, my, I was just like boiling because this is a huge pet peeve for me. I feel like, Bruce, even the, the class that you put together, um, which was so great, uh, was probably an elective. Like when I talk to these kids today, it's an elective to learn about um, balancing a checkbook, which that sounds like I'm old fashioned. But you know what I'm saying? Like balancing expenses and and assets and liabilities and all those things. But I have a grander pet peeve about the fact that children don't understand the power of compounding. So just this simple, simple basic, you know, if you invest a penny and, you know, in within a certain amount of time, it's two pennies and then it's three pennies. You know, you can go out and seek for a great job one day. But I think if you don't understand the power of compounding where money can actually work for you and the fact that we still hear about um, people that are launching and they have their first job, they're like, well, what is this 401k? What's a Roth IRA? Should I really check the boxes to be in these programs? Why wouldn't they understand that? Now, I've heard, Bruce, that that's the parent's responsibility. You know, So I think there is a combination of the school system and the parents that should see that as a, a priority. Bruce? Yeah, well, and, and my parenting style was that it was kind of my job to teach my kids that. But not all parents, number one, have the their own education to be able to teach. You can't teach your child something that you don't know yourself. And number two, and this is, again, one of the key points I think we, we want to give people today, is communication. There are so many people, Peg, and, we, and, and I see this with our clients, that think it's wrong or taboo or inappropriate to talk about money. They can't, we can't talk to our kids about money. No, we, no one ever talks about money. If we're sitting out in the neighborhood, you know, having a, a glass of wine with neighbors, we don't talk about money. We'll talk about anything and everything else out there, but, but money is a taboo subject. And why? I don't get that. We have to communicate and talk about money. We can't learn about it if we don't talk about it. So talk to your kids about money. And, and, and again, we promised that, you know, we would try to give some advice to if, to prevent this from happening, or if it's already happened, happened maybe a way to shorten the duration or, or to get yourself out of this. But for those people listening, you know, that's, their kids are still young today, 
talk to them about money. Uh, I firmly believe in, in using an allowance as a teaching tool, make them handle money themselves, make them make decisions, whether or not they, you know, I, I've told the story before about, and I mentioned it briefly in the first half of the show about my son wanting a game. And I'm like, he wanted me to buy it. And I'm like, it's not your birthday. It's not Christmas. If you want it, you got to buy that with your money. And we went to the store and he looked at the price of the game. And he kind of did a cost-benefit analysis and determined whether or not he wanted to spend that much for the game. That's how they learn about money, by participating in the decision. So if you still got kids that uh, you know haven't gone to college yet, you know that's, that's my advice that might help you. But, Peg, we also, you know, we, we started to go down this road. If you're already in this failure to launch, what can you do about it? How do you cut the cord? And we talked about setting expectations. We talked about don't make it too easy to move back home or don't make it too comfortable. Um, what are some of the other things that, that, that people can do to, uh, to prevent it or if they're already in it to get out of it? Well, some of the other things you can do is, and this goes back to um, high school, uh, you know, you and I, the minute we could work, we went and got a job. And, and, and I'm not even talking about the money that we earned, just what we experienced and the responsibility of having that job and showing up on time. And what I feel today is that these kids are in every single activity that they can possibly be in to the point where they're not even a kid anymore. They're just so busy running all over town. Whereas, you know, when we look at our um, employment today or the lack thereof in, in jobs, the kids actually filled a lot of these jobs. And so between um, encouraging, I think, these younger people to get a job because you learn a lot from it. I know, too, with the sports and all the activities that they're in, they do learn a lot by, you know, um, respecting the coach and being on a team. And so there's a lot of learning there, but there might be a better balance uh, between those. And then if you do have a 20-something child at home, you know, ask them to work, right? Here's the specific things that we need you to do <clears throat> to keep the household up and maybe that's in exchange for rent or food or utilities. Um, Cause there's gotta be some tension in that household. Like when, when is this person leaving? So just have those concrete goals and deadlines of, you know, you've got till this time I'll help you, you know, um, and ask me for help, but this is actually changing our life. And I think if you explain this to the kids that are young adults, that, I don't get to retire. You know, I've been working all these years to retire on this specific time frame. I have a financial plan, but you weren't in it, right? You weren't in it that we were going to spend $1,000 a month to support you to where you are. So, so it's more of a, a team effort in a conversation. And then, Bruce, lastly, I love what you said about why is talking about money so taboo still today? You know, um, to the degree where we're not even mentioning to our kids that they need to, to know about money, educate themselves about money, and if they're not, getting help. Yeah, and, and I'll give one more tangible thing, and we've talked about this on the show before. Assuming that, that we are correct, Peg, with the premise that one of the leading causes of this is student loan debt, and I think we are correct about that. 
Um, so a lot of parents have the economic wherewithal to maybe help their kids with that student loan debt. You know, if 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 the alternative is they're you know they're back in their old bedroom or living in the basement. I've had a lot of clients that I've approached with the idea of what we call an intra-family loan, where the parent will agree to to take the student loan debt, or or maybe even better, give the kid the amount of money that they need to pay that loan off completely, and then they can pay back mom and dad, but at a much lower interest rate. Maybe the student loan debt is at six percent or seven percent, but you get give the kid a loan for two or three percent. It's a win-win because the the kid is still. Um, has the sense of responsibility of paying off their debt, but under more favorable terms and conditions. Maybe you even amortize it over a longer period of time. You do something to get that monthly payment, something so that they can manage it and still live outside the home. And you benefit that they're not living in their bedroom. You're getting more interest on the loan that you gave them than you would have if that money was sitting in a bank account. It's not earning 2 or 3%. So it's literally a win for everybody. Now, again, I recognize that's not the problem for everybody listening that's had failure to launch issues, and not everybody has the economic wherewithal to just uh, give the kid enough money to pay off their student loan. I get that, but I have a lot of clients that do, and, we, and when, I've, when I've brought up that idea, I know many of them have actually put that, uh, strategy in, in, into into practice. They've actually done it, and we're very grateful. It was it, it was a solution in many situations that I've encountered uh, personally. Peg, last thoughts, or I know Susie had a story, and I think I hope we've got more questions. Yeah, I just want to let the know the listeners know too that we are sensitive that we're coming off of COVID still, and I can't even imagine Bruce, you know, launching at home. And being in isolation and not having that ability to, um, you know, have team members that you can go bounce things off of, especially if you're not established in a job yet. And let's face it, we all have different personalities. And and um, I think it's understanding that personality. And, and I think you have to work harder today to be able to get that job that you enjoy just because of COVID. So I don't want to seem insensitive to the couple of years that we've just gone through. Bruce? Yeah, I, and I think in many ways, and COVID being one of the contributing factors, it is tougher being an early 20-something-year-old today than maybe it was when we were that age, Peg. I, I will even acknowledge that. So, again, those of us um, that are fortunate enough or blessed enough that our kids have found their way and are, and are launched. Um, I'm very grateful for that, and I count those blessings every day that my kids are doing well, and I know yours are also, and um, and we're we're grateful and thankful for that. Hey, I want to go back again before we. Uh, I want I want Susie to chime in, and I want listeners to chime in some more. But we had some unfinished business from last week, Peg. Right at the end of the show, we had been talking about uh, Social Security benefits when you're retired. And the fact that those benefits are probably, and it can be a little complicated, there's actually a formula and how much income you get. But for most people, your Social Security benefits are going to be taxed at the federal level. And we had a, a, a caller ask, 
what about at the state level? Because in the state of Minnesota, where this show originates, Social Security income has also been subject to state taxes. That's not true of every state, um, but it is true of the state of Minnesota. And somebody called in and said, what's the status of that? I heard that was going away and was right at the end of the show. Well, yeah, and it was interesting, Bruce. The caller said that they thought it had passed. And I went and I was like, wait a minute. I would know if it was passed. I I really doubt that it was. But I said that we would go um, back. And sure enough. It was not passed. And what it is, is the Senate um, in Minnesota would like to eliminate taxing Social Security at all, based on if you're a resident in the state of Minnesota. Lots and lots of states in the United States do not tax Social Security. So that people tend to gravitate towards those states, right, when they when they retire. The other part of the bill was um, the House really wanted some reprieve on property taxes. um, And so they were trying to get a percentage to lower uh, the property taxes in the state of Minnesota. So nothing passed. Um, They're in summer session now. Uh, When they come back, um, it might come up again. But we do have these elections in the fall. Our roundtable reminded us of recently. And so we're not sure whether they'll be able to get that passed um, pre-election uh, in November. Bruce? All right, Susie, uh, any uh, texts or calls or you want to share a story? Oh, I just had, uh, they're out now, but it was a struggle for me and my 20-somethings to sort of evolve and move out of the house. And I do think it's about being comfortable. You know, there is something to not pushing them uh, and not setting that expectation that, okay, you need to be out by this date. Uh, I actually did one thing that I'll admit to on the radio. I changed the locks on the door at one point. Oh, I'm like, no, wow. nobody's, nobody's back here. This is it. This is it. No keys. It's mom's house. Leave. So I had to pull that, pull that, play that card. But uh, there was a text that did a good text that this person, we have an adult uh, 20-something at home. They have a college degree, and they're not sure which way to go. And is there some place, a career path, a help center that can offer ideas to young people who are not exactly sure what to do? Peg, any thoughts? Yeah, well, they mentioned going to college, and I feel like there's good um, counseling there as to, you know, originally when you go to college normally or when you're in latter um, high school, you take these tests to see what you uh, might gravitate for. Like it's um, it's your unique ability. It's like it's really easy to do this job versus... Some people get in a job where they um, it's just not natural to them, so they have to work harder, faster, longer to achieve. But I would believe that there would be some places that you could go. Um, I think the parents know their children too, Bruce, to the point where they could assist them in saying, well, this is what I think you're good at, or you know, just have a conversation with the child as to what is it that you see that you want to do, Bruce? Yeah, I know all, all colleges, and, and some probably are better than others, um, do have, you know, these kids have advisors in their selected uh, field of education. 
So I know they do help them get jobs, but but the other thing that you know kind of passes me by Susie and Peg um, is that the, with the technology today, I know that my kids and, and their job search. It's earlier I said in some ways it's probably harder to be a twenty-something uh, year old today than it was when we were twenty-something. But one of the advantages they have is with technology. The old way, Peg, that you and I or Susie got a job where you know maybe we wrote a letter and then there was you know mm-hmm. face-to-face interview. So much of it now is done online, and and at least with my kids. They knew where to go for their respective majors. They they got coaching or counseling from their college, and the whole process of finding a job in some ways was was easier than it's ever been. And but but to the to the texture, I guess the kid first has to know what they want to do, and I think it's important that maybe your first job is not your dream job. Maybe you need to, right. to have more than one job before you find your way of what your um, lifelong career path is going to be. It may take a while, but um, when you're 20-something, maybe you got to take something that, you know, I, I, I'm a, I, what, I, what I fear is is that some kids are going, I'm not going to do that job. I'm overqualified or I'm too smart or that wasn't in my major. A lot of people get jobs that didn't have anything to do with what they majored in in college. It's a start, and then they end up finding that they like that career path. My, my degree is in education. I taught for one year. I didn't, I didn't stay that course. So I don't know, Peg, any other thoughts? Or yeah. And, oh, and I Susie. Think oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Bruce, I think you're right in that, you know, we had so many jobs before we even went to college. So a lot of these kids have not had jobs and got a paycheck. So what you just said, I think it's spot on that they have to take a job sometimes that is just not is going to be beneath what they believe that they're qualified for. Susie, I wanted to ask you that to, to locking the changing the lock may seem drastic <laughs> yeah. to some listeners, but it worked, right? You have a great relationship with your kids now, and they're doing great. Yeah, I will say that, and that did you know that was pretty important for me to do because you know a lot of times, like you say, there are extenuating circumstances in our house. There were, and I think sometimes you just really, really have to draw a very hard line and say this is not happening again, and. You know, it is hard, but sometimes you have to make that hard choice. I do want to pass along a texter wrote, you guys, uh, Career Force is a Minnesota association that helps unemployed with job applications in interest in different fields. So thanks for that texter, Career Force. And I'm actually going to pass that along as well because I think that's a, a great place to go for job advice. But here we are. Are we nearing the end of the our time together here, you two? Anything you want to add? We have about... 30 seconds. Well, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, especially the new fathers, um, the one that gave me the grandchild recently. So happy Father's Day. All right. Have a great day. (laughs) Again, any questions from here, call 1-888-6-ADVICE. It's your money. You can also email your question or comment to yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com. Have a great week.